Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we should get Jimmy Buffett on the podcast. I He's not doing anything else. Wouldn't it be so funny to just go like a year without having any guests and the only guests we've had before <laughs> been like Catholic speakers and we just put Jimmy Buffett on the freaking pod? <laughs> On the I, freaking cast. The freaking I, cast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, the last time I saw Jimmy Buffett, he was in the movie Hoot. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. And we have a special guest on the podcast today. It's Jimmy Buffett. James Buffett. James Buffett. (laughs) Heir to the Warren Buffett fortune. Inventor (laughs) of the buffet. You're not getting anything from me for that one. Was that not funny? You're not getting (laughs) anything. That's very funny. I mean, this is the low-hanging Buffett fruit, if it ever was there. (laughs) It's the The buffet. The fruit at the beginning of the buffet is what you just picked off. It's the the, honeydew at the beginning of the buffet. It's the easiest thing to get because no one wants it. uh, Off of the Jimmy Buffett comedy tree. Um, tell me about your parents' engagement. So they, uh, my mom moved to League City, actually, which is... Um, it sounds uh, like a fake city. It's not a fake city. So she she moved right outside of Houston when she was um, in... Sorry, I'm pausing because I don't know if I should say the name of the city. You don't have... I mean, is it really a dox <laughs> for something that happened decades ago? <laughs> no, it's because Phoebe's family still lives there, and I was part of the story. Ah, okay. Yeah. Make, then just use just say Minneapolis. Like, make up a different city. Make up a different city. Okay. So, uh, my mom moved to uh, a city outside Houston, in between Houston and Galveston. When Patrick she, Town. Patrick Town. Back in like, I don't know, 1958. Whenever she was in, <laughs> 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 and. Uh, <laughs> And she she was living in Melbourne, and then she my moved mom there. was wrapping up the Korean War, and she moved <laughs> to Patrick Town. And um, she, I don't think the Korean War was in the fifties. I think it absolutely was. Nah, we don't need to worry about that. All um, right, you keep talking. I'm going to look up Korea.com. Okay, forward and slash so, war forward slash about me. The cool thing is, is that that city that my mom moved to is like some suburb of of Houston, and that's actually where Phoebe's family lives now. And so, like. When I was with Adore, I was living like five minutes from where she worked back when she lived here, which is really cool um, because like we had no connection other than we had no connection to the city other than that. Anyway, um, so she moved from Melbourne. She met my dad, moved from Melbourne to Houston. My dad went to Houston 
and um, to surprise her. And then they took a walk on Galveston Beach, and that's where he proposed. And then they kept walking, and they happened upon a free Jimmy Buffett live concert. No way. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, that wow. sounds like Jimmy Buffett. They're like, that's Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> it's kind of cool, right? That's incredible. You're, yeah. you're ex- all excited about your wedding, and all of a sudden you hear the soft... The soft sounds of when Simone <laughs> plays the drum echoing across the waves. And the soft cooing of a, a tropical parrot yes. that, he con- that he always has with him on his shoulder. He goes through, he goes through TSA and they're like, sir, you can't, you can't have that parrot. And he goes, I'm sorry, I had this parrot surgically attached to my right shoulder. Oh, no. After releasing Margaritaville's platinum 25-year anniversary this is my Special. new. This is my new bird organ. I had it. It's a. <laughs> it, it's a flesh attachment. I didn't just weld it to me. <laughs> I, I welded a I, bird. To me. I use it to breathe. They took, they it took makes my snorkeling lungs. super easy. <laughs> the, the pirates of the Caribbean took my lungs, even though I told them that it was five o'clock somewhere, and so now I breathe with this surgically attached parrot on my right shoulder. These are the only two Jimmy Buffett songs I know. What are the other Jimmy Buffett songs? There's one called Boat Drinks. Uh-huh. Um, there's one called uh, Taking It Back. No, maybe not. Uh, can you can you can you believe that a man built his entire career off of getting drunk near water? Yes. Because I yes, know a I bunch can. of people in my hometown who are trying to do that. Yeah. Okay. I'm from Florida. I'm trying to roast Florida. It's not funny when oh. someone from Florida does it. Uh, oh, the classic cheeseburger in paradise. How could we forget that? Oh, how could we forget cheeseburger in paradise? Uh, son of a son of a sailor. Oh, you're not listening to me. You're looking up Jimmy Buffett songs. That's Why don't we what's get? Happening there's right literally now. a song that's just called "Why Don't We Get Drunk," <laughs> which is. <laughs> Very, very on point. Hey, hey, good looking. What's cooking? Uh, oh man, nautical wheelers. Did you know that the Beach Boys were Jamaica mistake? <laughs> Jamaica mistake. Okay, the Beach Boys, another another classic. Getting drunk near water group. Um, did you know they, that they yeah. aren't even from California? No, they were from what, a landlocked state, which they are probably from, like West Virginia or something. Yeah, they didn't even surf. None of them surfed. They're just really good at marketing. They took a they took They're a marketing really class marketing. At, a te- at a technical college, and then they said, "Oh, we could sell this. <laughs> we could sell this. Country's ripe for this kind of beachy attitude. The Korean War is just wrapping up. I think it's time for the beach we place. just fi- <laughs> we just figured out how to get radios on the sand. The Korean War ended in fifty three. By the way, I also looked that up while you were talking. Oh, cool. All right, good. I, I'm glad that you got that down. Eisenhower was the president during that time period. Ah, Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Good old Dwight. <laughs> it's Dwight D, baby. D.D. D. Eisenhower. How cool uh, do your initials have to be in order for you to get like a triple initial like FDR or JFK? Like we don't call Obama B.H.O., you know? <laughs> <laughs> why didn't we did we miss the opportunity to use a lot of bo jokes when obama was president did i, I mean there that? are other there were other things going on there are what like what the economy uh, the economy nobody's talking about how bo Lund. affects the economy <laughs> when will somebody finally think about the economy anyway how you doing i'm okay i it's All been right. a tough a tough week uh, oh really over, yeah, over here at the 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 coop, 
uh, I've got my first week of team director training. I'm finally learning how to be the boss. And uh, it's good because I'm really... I can't share a lot of stuff, obviously, because there is literally a disclaimer at the beginning of every class that says that Focus will sue me if I share the materials <laughs> and contents therein uh, with in anybody. Order to, in order to form people, we must have it branded and published. I mean, which sounds a little bit like Gnosticism to me, if you have to keep it secret. Um, I don't know what Gnosticism... Oh, that yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I was just kidding. I'm doing a joke, but... It's been really good, and eventually, in probably a couple months, I'll be able to talk about some of the stuff that um, focuses unveiling, unfurling. Um, mm. To it's 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 going to be a new era. I mean, it's not like a drastic change, but it's, it's pretty significant. I think it's going to give us a lot of food for thought on on the cast because mm. it's certainly going to change the way that I do my job. Um, so I'm like learning a lot of new stuff. It's also really a struggle to be on the screen for all day when it knowing that the original plan was that we were all going to be in Florida together and all learning together as te- like with all of the 140 some team directors around the country. Like mm. and the fact that we're I'm in a I'm in a Zoom meeting with six people is less than stellar yeah and so but it's they're doing the best that they can with it and it's it's awesome and i'm glad that i'm still getting the formation and it's it's top top tier stuff it's great but it's draining man yeah well i mean i don't know i i I don't really have anything to like ease your pain it's gonna be tough i know i want (laughs) to do you want to come over and just give me a good old Pat on the back. Give you a big old bear hug. Oh, um, yeah. I would like to come over and uh, have a bone to pick with you because what was that video that Emma posted on the Crunch page? Why wasn't I in that video? Was that back when the Crunch was just your thing? I made that my senior year of college, so well after yeah. we were established together. I put it on Twitter. <laughs> I remember it, it vaguely. I remember you, it vaguely. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mostly made it because... I thought it was was cool. First of all, second of okay. all, I knew that because I thought it was cool, it would annoy my friends when I would show it to them and be like, <laughs> "Look at this! Look at this thing that I made! It makes me look like podcasting is a big deal." And everybody, everybody was just so mad every time. They're like, "This is so stupid! I can't believe you made this about yourself." You don't know what I'm talking about. Join the Patreon group. You Patreon.com/slash/thecrunch. Join for $3 a month and you can see this this legendary video that you can't see anywhere else because you want to know why, Pat? Why? I deleted my Twitter this week. Oh, what? Really? Yeah. That's a big step. Isn't it, though? I figured if we're, if we're just going to keep talking the talk, I might as well start walking the walk, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm excited. This is, this is a new era. Yeah. Now Making- you just got to wait 30 days. Yeah. I, which I don't think will be a problem. I forgot yeah. <laughs> I forgot to tell Emma that I had deleted it. That's like how low of a priority level it is to me right now. <laughs> I had to like actually invest money into like deleting all of the um all of the back catalog tweets so that it was easier for me to delete my Twitter cuz like now that I cuz one of the biggest reasons why I didn't want to delete it was cuz like man, that's that's like 8 years of work. That's eight years of jokes, and now that I have sunk it all on the spreadsheet, fallacy. Sunk cost fallacy. I'm looking back, and I'm like, man, some of these jokes were good, and so I just kept some of them. Some of them are good. So if uh, you go through my I, Twitter, 
you will th- you will see what I actually think are my best jokes. Your so best, that might reflect yeah. poorly on me. Who knows? If people just listen to this podcast, eventually they'll hear all of the things that I tweeted that were the worst. And so <laughs> it's just a different, different mindset. You Speaking of going through our back catalog. Oh, you oh, haven't you deleted wanna... you haven't deleted it yet. Are you're not going to? You're just gonna keep it no, up. No, I, I haven't because I, I like I feel like people that follow the blog get the posts through Twitter. Like I would in, in an ideal sure. world, everyone that l- reads the blog would just have the email updates. But like that's just Dang. not realistic right now. And so I've been posting to my Facebook and my Twitter and my Instagram, but that's pretty much the only places that I post it. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that I really post on Twitter. Nice. So yeah, I've been I've been slowly hemorrhaging followers. It's been nice because it's like it people been. are. I think I think what Twitter does when you stop tweeting is they show your tweets more to people that usually don't see your tweets, and so they're like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm gonna delete this. I'm gonna unfollow this guy. So yeah, is that true? It's good. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, because here's the thing: six thousand people don't see my tweets. Right. You know. Like no, all of my followers don't see my tweets, and some of them are like you know people that just haven't got logged on in a while or et cetera. And so like, I think when you stop, Twitter rewards being active, right? Yes. Like, and so does Instagram. I mean, obviously they do. Yes. Because they're it would make sense. So if you're not active, they're gonna like kind of punish your account a little bit. Not like maliciously, just like if you're not using it, they're not gonna want you to have a following. Yeah, I didn't tweet for like three months and I got no new followers which I think yeah. is just a rude from the Twitter organization <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to silence my account like that I made no at effort Jack and show I yourself. nothing <laughs> first of all it's rude to think you're the only Jack on Twitter second of all nice fix nice. this alright <laughs> let's let's take a, a dip in the hot take time machine Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine. The Hot Take Time Machine is the part of the show where Ethan struggles through an intro. Ethan, take it away. I think that I should add in post like a, the sound of bubbling water, like to simulate <laughs> kind of the like whole a, time and the whole podcast. Like it's you're in a <laughs> you're in a hot tub with your boys. No, the whole segment. You think the whole oh. segment that wouldn't get annoying? <laughs> no, I was just no, I was just thinking the intro. Of like, oh, and then like have it fade out a little bit. That's actually kind of funny. I I I dig I that. Of course, if you, you know? did it now and we're talking about it, it doesn't make any sense. What? What if I forget to do it? Like I I do all the time when I edit these podcasts and I say things and I don't actually edit them and I just upload them, hoping that there's nothing wrong in them. Uh, mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Although I do have um. I, or I'd rather I do not any longer have a Twitter account on Twitter.com. Bropossil is now Brofossil, if you will. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry. That was not uh, as funny as that one. That's all right. Um, I did download my tweet archive, so I'm able to, I'm able to get nice. some. I'm able, I'm able to still, and the search function is so much easier on the archive than it is when you actually have an account. So this is, this oh, is really yeah, a, definitely. A, a double win. This one's from June 9th, 2015. It doesn't show me the time anymore, which is just a sacrifice that I'm willing to make. Um, and it says here, it's from Apropostle. It says, reading scripture while on the toilet. Hashtag total Catholic move. 
dot dot dot. <laughs> Maybe that's just a hashtag total bro-possible move. IDK. Mm. Zero retweets, seven <laughs> likes. I'm so quirky. I I'm so quirky. I read scripture on the toilet and get germies on my on my holy book. What are you talking about? Come on, man. What is it? I, you, could you not wait? Like, what's the what? I mean, I understand the urgency of the gospel. What well, what scripture is so important that you have to bring it into the into the into the right the poop, the poop zone? I, I don't get um, that. Did you ever read scripture on the toilet? You seem like the kind um, of guy that would read scripture on the toilet. First of all, how dare you? I'm not pro apostle. Second of all, uh, this as <laughs> we as we as we you... formulated in the past, this is just a pro apostle thing. Okay, it is a total. Um, but you have made total pro apostle moves before in your life. That's fair. I think I've maybe read scripture on the toilet once or twice. It's it's multitasking. You know, you get sure. your morning prayer in. Yeah, and you get your morning poop in. It's like Jesus said, I no longer call you slaves, but friends. And I poop with the door open with my friends. And <laughs> I think that's just door open, fan off, fan off, eye contact that... engaged. <laughs> <laughs> I never mind. The joke's ending there. Um, oh, yes, man. <laughs> that's sad. I, um, I mean, you you probably were reading the Bible on your phone. I can't no, imagine. No, no, you no. were just straight up like I life think, teen. I think Bible I just had version. my my Catholic youth Bible that says "Spice me up, Lord" in Luke chapter fourteen. If anybody <laughs> wants to go check no, that out kidding. in their Catholic youth Bible, I am not kidding because <laughs> it's talking about like the whatever the verse is in Luke where it's talking about the the saltiness, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, and the little excerpt says, "Spice me up, Lord." <laughs> he who controls the spice? He who controls the spice controls the universe. <laughs> it's so funny. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, I um, I can I can dig I can dig Bible on the toilet. I don't think that's a bad thing. But putting jermies on your Bible is not a good thing. I guess putting jermies, you just got to make sure that you're. If you're sitting down, if I'm imagining this in the way that I think that I did it, I probably put my scripture on my um, on my thighs, on my quads, uh-huh. uh huh, on my beefy beefy quads. <laughs> it, when I was 18 or whatever this was, um, and there's no everybody knows right. The only germs get on your butt. Like you don't go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and then and then wash your quads after the fact because they got germs on them. No, they were protected. Yeah, no. So mm-hmm. I think as long as you don't <laughs> let it kind of slip down into the you know in the middle, uh-huh. uh, you should be fine. So that's uh yeah. If you want to, if you too want to do a total bro-possible move, try <laughs> try it out. Read Luke fourteen from your Catholic youth Bible on the toilet <laughs> today. Looking back on the Catholic youth Bible. It's cringy. Oh yeah. But when I was a kid, things were cringy, and that wasn't cringy to me. Art. What do you mean? Is it cr- is the Catholic Youth Bible cringy to teenagers now, or do they just not realize it's kind of cringy? Mm, I think, I think we're we're advancing as a society to the point where like a one year old, as soon as they start to know how to talk, they'll look at something and say, "That's cringe." Like they that's just, cringe, bro. They'll just get further and further <laughs> along in assessing assessing cringe. Because, like, you, and it's exponential. <laughs> you think about our parents, nothing's cringy to our parents. 
nothing is cringy. Yeah. No, to our not grand, even this podcast. Not even this podcast. So, and then you look at us where we are, we, we like had moments, lucid moments where we saw the cringe maybe <laughs> in high school. And then I saw the cringe and it opened up my eyes. Teens yeah, now, like one year, teens now, everything's cringe to them. It's true. Every, every, like pretty soon one year olds are going to pop out, pop out the womb. Oh, at one year old, they're going to pop out. One year old. It's a, it's pretty gestational. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, <laughs> your mom's going to tell their two year old, like, Hey, go pick up your toys. And the kid's going to look and go, congratulations, mom. You just posted cringe. You are now going to lose subscriber. The cringe cubator. The cringe cubator. <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, I realized my camera was on and I was I was using my phone. I was not texting. I was looking up content. What it, what I saw on the screen was uh-huh. I was talking and you were not listening to me. I felt bad when I noticed that you thought I wasn't listening to you. But all I was doing was I was on my email screenshotting things that I already knew I needed to screenshot. I wasn't reading anything Mm -hmm. and I would like to formally apologize. And I would like to use as an opportunity to our listeners because you made a joke about someone not listening and you made a joke about me not listening when when I was, when I was screenshotting content for the cast. I don't even remember. I've already forgotten Uh it. It's it's in one ear and out the other. This is a moment of reconciliation for our listeners. It is. Hey, well, I know we're not supposed to fight in front of the kids, but <laughs> I, I, I forgive you. I'm not I'm not upset with you. I just I I think that we should we could both do better at being more engaged in this show. Yeah, we need to be more intentional with our podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, incarnational, incarnational. We need to be more magnanimous. Um, clear vision for spiritual multiplication of this cast. Okay, good job. Thank wow, you. Wow, you hit all of them. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I've been to a couple of focus conferences. Um, so you can say I'm kind of an evangelization pro. Okay. <laughs> uh, so mine, <laughs> mine comes from uh, 2014, uh, July 2nd. Um, mine says the time. So it was 23 hours, 22 minutes, and 24 seconds. So I don't know what that is in uh, British time, but okay. I guess that's how they... Anyway, all right. Uh, so this one's actually a hot take. Oh, boy. Um why is Fifty Shades of Grey such a big shock? Oversexualization of media isn't new. How is that book any different from Jason Derulo's music? What? <laughs> you had me. I was following that that roller coaster. It was pretty steady, <laughs> and then right at the end there, it whiplash. It gets you. I know. What? It's like okay, this, okay. This sounds like something, Patrick. Which what the heck, Jason Derulo? Where did you? Jason, from? what are you going after Jason Derulo for? Remember, <laughs> he was really big in 2014. Okay, Jason Derulo and Jimmy Buffett on this podcast together <laughs> on blast. Hopefully, Jeff Bezos doesn't like these people either. Otherwise, he's we're gonna lose the R one listener. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Jason Derulo. I remember Jason Derulo's music being like incredibly sexualized, but it was like all innuendo, right? Yeah, and so in in high school, I was always like, "Why is this stuff on the radio? Like, I don't want to listen to this." And like at dances and stuff, I, I this was my big soapbox when I was in in high school. Um, every every year before every dance, some some administrator would would like post something up on the uh, like flyers, like the dance information about the dance, and said, "Anyone engaging in overly sexualized dancing will be ejected from the dance." I'm like, "All right, cool, fine, whatever," and I would go to the dance. And then the DJ would be playing like really raunchy music. And I'm like, you guys understand 
what the like if if you just put a bunch of high schoolers in a silent room, they're not going to do that. Well, they might. Like, they might. <laughs> they might. <laughs> but like, once you turn the lights off and you put on a bunch of music that's like about grown people having sex, then teenagers and you are and you let them go to a hibachi hut beforehand, they're going to be feeling <laughs> it. They got the yum yum sauce and they're ready to go. They got the yum yum sauce. They've gone to the most fancy dinner they've ever been to in their lives, <laughs> and it was and at a, ready and it was go. at a PF Chang's. <laughs> They went to a Benihana and they're 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 all hopped up on goof sauce, on goof juice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's why I went after Jason Derulo because he had a couple of hits in 2014. Yeah, he did. He was riding solo. Nope, that one was well before that. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, that's my bad. Um, well, I think the file that can't stop my shining. I'm solo. I'm Han Solo. solo. <laughs> <laughs> the worst. I think. Yeah, we've talked about this before. I think of like my first year on staff when I went to the freshman orientation and they had this three-hour-long lecture of like, this is or it wasn't really a lecture. It was like skits, you know. And this like this is how to protect yeah. yourself and blah, blah blah. And then there were the few that were like, yeah, consent and like making sure that you use the proper language and all these things and like aren't derogatory towards uh people that are different than you and all these things and then they go out and they just start playing all of all of the songs all All of of all of the songs that talk about women in ways that they should not be talked about (laughs) and then everybody's everybody's in there and it was it was just it was one of the weirdest dances i've ever been a part of and i've been a part of some some weird dances um i had to I had to explain to our wedding DJ well beforehand. My experience with Franciscan dances and, and DJs from outside of the bubble, right? I had to explain to our DJ. I was like, listen, this is not going to be like... So I was like, this wedding is full of college students, okay? Like, it's going to be a lot of young college kids, but this is not the group of college kids that you might be used to. <laughs> Don't expect, to, like, a lot of the music you'd play for other college kids to go over well. Case in point, every spring formal for Franciscan, we would bring in an outside DJ. For the regular, like, winter formal or for, like, the regular dances that households would throw, we would have someone from Franciscan. So, like, actually, my boss, Ian, would do it. And he was great. He would, like, he would play really good music that was, like, danceable but also not disgusting. But every time we brought in an outside DJ, they wouldn't understand this. And so, Teresa invented a thing called the Respect Women Corner, mm-hmm. when you like the beat but you can't condone the lyrics. And you stand in the corner and you just nod your head like this. Uh-huh. Well, no one can see, but you know what I they mean. They can imagine. They can imagine me nodding my head like this. Uh, so yeah, that's that. I, I'm I'm hoping that the wedding will not will not devolve into <laughs> just a bunch of music people like standing. That. Did you give the DJ a list of tunes? Uh, so we have at, at our at our engagement party, we had a uh, a little jar where it was like people suggest songs, and then we're gonna go through that jar and be like, okay, cool, these are the songs people want to hear. It's a good way of doing like requests before the the um. Can I submit some? Party. Yeah, you absolutely can, but nothing by hoodie season. Uh, okay, I've, hoodie got, season I've got a, I've got a couple. Um, come Monday, a pirate looks at forty. Um, pencil thin mustache, trip around the sun, Bama breeze. He went to Paris. Uh, miss you so badly. What are all of these songs? One particular harbor, fins down at the la di da. I will say that you are one of the three people that I follow on Spotify, so Ooh. I do respect your musical opinions. 
Jamaica. It's not even Jamaica mistake. It's Jamaica mistaka, which I, I <laughs> which I missed the first time through. Um, those were all Jimmy Buffett songs. I know. I, I realized that like two songs ago. I was like, wait a wait second. a minute. This is <laughs> these different. don't sound like you follow me on Spotify. I've been really. Oh my gosh, dude! What? I I've had a realization. Mm-hmm. I also, th- by the way, you don't need to get my attention on the podcast. You're the only person <laughs> I talk. <Sorry. laughs> Go on. Sometimes I forget that you that we that we're together that we're both on this um, at the same time. <laughs> we're on this cast together, yeah, and I'm not just like listening to you disembodied from some <laughs> ether realm. I I think if you don't play at least three ABBA songs, your wedding is probably going to be a flop. <laughs> yeah, the whole wedding is going to be a flop. Marriage Just, over, do they're it gonna, again. They're going to cancel the sacrament and then make you oh try gosh. again until you play Take a Chance on Me by ABBA. <laughs> I freaking, I've listened to that song like 300 times in the past two days. I think it's so good. I listened to the entire ABBA Gold album with my high school friends in like my sophomore year. We were all just sitting in our friend's living room and playing it on a record player. And it was, we were all like dead tired from a party. And it was the most aesthetic thing I've ever experienced. It's like incredibly happy music. And everyone's just like, Bleh, on the couches. I need to start listening to more ABBA music. I'm going col- to, I'm going to, de- prepare. I'm going to develop an entire sensibility of the, of all, all ABBA songs to know which one to play at the right opportunity so that. If, mm. if if on the off chance that your wedding starts to be kind of like a a bummer, <laughs> I'm gonna take care yeah. of that. I'm gonna take okay. care of it for you. Don't worry. I'm gonna point. I'm gonna point you out to the DJ and say, "Hey, whatever this guy wants, whatever do it. this guy says, <laughs> do do whatever he tells you." <laughs> uh, I am the Lord. Now. They have run out of good tunes at the wedding. <laughs> what it, woman? What is it to you and to me? <laughs> Usually they save the good tunes until after everybody's <laughs> had listened to the bad tunes. But you have given oh us the God. good tunes now. <laughs> That's the gospel, by the way, for our wedding. It's going to be great. Really? I think I got it yeah, backwards the... also. They do the good wine yeah, first. Yeah, you did the good wine first. Dang and after it. they have drunk Idiot. freely. But no, our first of all, wedding is gonna be the wedding is gonna be popping. the the wine The wine is all local, and the guy that, that runs the reception hall, uh, he has a farm and a vineyard, and he makes his own wine. And um, he said, as much as you, it's like we're, you're not gonna run out. Like as much as you want, as much as you guys use, you use. So it's gonna be a party. First of all, second of all, um, are you serving it out of six ceremonial washing jugs? Yeah, I told him that we need six stone jars in the middle, and that we need to. Um, serve it how many how many people from how many extremely blonde white girls from alabama do you think have done that that sounds like something an overly christian yeah wedding would do yeah probably but i'd be kind of vibing but you know it's, it's kind of like vibing that. it's kind of vibing but also <laughs> i don't know i feel like it's a very specific uh that's true set of people that are rich would be able to do that and that's true because you can't like when you're planning a wedding there's already so many expenses it's like oh yes let's add six 70 gallon jars stone jars <laughs> no you just do what they do at like that like they did with the movie Titanic you fill the jar the, the jars are are tall but the 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 bottom of the jar is actually like two feet up uh, so there's actually only like a bowl of wine there I see but you still need the whole jar that's true and but you gotta it can have be... somebody carry it in there. 
Well, apparently it's it's light enough for two waiters to carry. Anyway, we got to move on. Um, Sorry. What uh, do you have? I do have a request. I don't know what to do for the bachelor party. Oh. Can the Crunch Bunch send in suggestions? <laughs> Can the Crunch Bunch plan the bachelor party? I'm literally on this call right now, and I'm your best man. <laughs> you could just, I'm just like... You just well, ask. you don't know Melbourne, right? So like, you don't know what to do there. I know Melbourne. Him and I go way back. <laughs> I, have, I have Yelp, you know? I can just... Today's episode is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. Are you just going to start the ad just by reading it straight from the page? No, you got to say that. That's important. But what if people don't know that we're doing an ad? Oh, well, they should know now. Okay. Well, that's good. I just wanted to make it clear. What's part of the ad? I think it can be. It doesn't have to. It is. It doesn't doesn't have to not be. What is Faithful Counseling, Pat? So Faithful Counseling is a service for people seeking a traditional mental health. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I messed it Keep up. it in. Keep <laughs> it in. Faithful Counseling is for people seeking traditional mental health counseling who would prefer, prefer hearing from the perspective of a Christian. Um, if you're seeking a mental health professional who is a practicing Christian, uh, Faithful Counseling is the first place you should look. Is, is it not common? I don't know anything about the counseling world. But is it not common to have a faithful Christian counselor? Like, Is that not something that exists everywhere? Well, the, the main problem is that um, not everything is available to you in your area, especially. Ah. So, like, the kind of the kind of counseling you're looking for might not be available in your particular area. But Faithful Counseling has, like, a whole library of gotcha. certified mental health professionals that you can match up with using their matching algorithm, which I use. And it's actually really handy. And yeah. Like, so it matched me up within the hour. It's kind of like Catholic Match, but with a counselor. Yes. Wonderful. Okay. That Pretty actually... Much, that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> it's not It's not a crisis line. It's. I'm just messing up with my microphone. <laughs> it's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling. So this isn't like... This isn't just some like crisis helpline that you just, you know, call when you need help. This right. is something that is ongoing. It can actually help you create sustainable change throughout your life. The best part about it is much like... Well, much unlike my Catholic Match account, you can start talking to somebody in, within 24 hours. <laughs> um, so I, this this is this is my personal testimony time. Yeah, I was yeah. recently uh, general uh, diagnosed with generalized anxiety, and um, I went to faithful counseling for support on how that affects my spiritual life specifically. That's what I was looking for, and signing up took less than a minute, and I was matched up within the next few hours. That's crazy. So it was it was really quick. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing, right? You can log in anytime. You can send a message anytime and you get thoughtful responses and you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. Um, Pat says here on the ad notes that it says it's a side note that their app looks great and is super easy to use, which is a huge, huge plus. Yeah, yeah. I downloaded the app and I was like, okay, I got to make sure that the mobile app is like a solid messaging app. And it actually is. It's like on par with other big messaging apps out there so it's really handy yeah so this is the the information that you're looking for go to faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch you can join over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional 500,000 people 500,000 counselors is it a one-to-one ratio that's a lot of people anyway there's a lot of people in the mix um faithfulcounseling.com slash the crunch they really want to make sure that you know faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch no not the crunch crunch i'm so used to saying our patreon <laughs> i know faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch they're committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so it makes it super super easy and free to change your counselors if you need to so if you sign up and you use our ad code and all these things and it doesn't work out you can change and it's super easy to take care of 
um, super affordable, especially in these uncertain times when uh, nobody gets a paycheck except us from this sweet, sweet ad money. You're probably <laughs> you're probably going to need a, a good affordable counselor. And and even if you can't afford it, financial aid is available. And, the, and on top of that, oh, please, the, on top of that, sugar. our listeners get 10 percent off their first month. So you get 10 percent off your first month just because you went to faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch. And if you're still skeptical, you can go on their website and read hundreds of testimonials yeah. that are posted every day to see what other people have said and how this service has helped them. The best part about this ad is that we're doing it and we get to share with you the great benefits. It's actually cool to like not do an ad for something like cigarettes, you know, where it's like, I don't really care about what this does. Do people, do we do, people, do, we do ads for cigarettes? I, I must have missed <laughs> I'm that sure one. Some people do, but uh, isn't it illegal to advertise for cigarettes now? I don't know. No, the FTC is know. all over that. But you know who the FTC is not all over? Faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch. They will take care of you. Um, it's really cool that we get to pair with the group that's committed to your mental health, especially now when we're all locked inside and have nowhere to go. So if you need to take <laughs> if you want to take charge of your mental health with a licensed professional, go to faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash crunch. We'll see you in the rest of the episode. Thank you to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this week's episode of The Crunch. Boom. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Anyway. Good question. Do you have something for crunch on that? No. Oh no. <laughs> We've reached... Do you want to just go into? Just... Oh no. We we started the podcast too early. We did. We didn't give enough time. We didn't do it again. We just got. Hold on. I'll buy some time. Okay. When have you heard the news? It's all happening. We're going to crunch on that, and we'll be snacking. Ethan is here, and so is Pat. Now it's time to crunch on that. All right, you ready? That was pretty good. Thank you. Okay. I've been working on my I've been working on my improvisational rhyming. You have? I'm trying to become Wayne Brady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of the, the only successful Out of the 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 four regular cast members of that show, which one do you think we are? Um, okay. I think you're Colin Mockery. You're Colin Mockery. You think I'm Colin Mockery? <laughs> 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 yeah, you think I think we're both 
how can we both? I think we're both Colin Mockery. I think if we're being, I can't believe we said it at the same time. I think if we're being honest, I'm Colin Mockery and you're Drew Carey. I think that is the, the ah, dang the it, you're right. Only... I got the glasses. I lost a lot of weight later you in did. life. Yep, yeah. yep. You're you're really good at hosting. That's um, <laughs> true. <laughs> and sometimes you accidentally lend yourself to the ridicule of your fellow show showmates. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man, no, that's funny. I Welcome was, to the crunch, where everything's made up and the podcast doesn't. The podcast matter. doesn't matter. Well, we were talking about your wedding. Do you want to talk about like, I don't know, marriage and marriage? Well, well not, yes, not, as, a, as not marriage as a concept, but like, uh, how you and Phoebe have been preparing for marriage. Yeah, we can talk about that. I don't know. I think because I, I think, would be, I would be interested in hearing that. I'm dating somebody. I want to know what it's like. You know. <laughs> yeah. I there's going to be, be there's going to be people at the end of the show who are going to know who they're going to be dating, you know, after they get their advice. After the Dr. Ethan's dating so court, I yeah. think it's it's pertinent. <laughs> um I mean, so we've been we've been talking about um so I've been talking about marriage with obviously Phoebe, but also I, I started um I started writing blog posts for Catholic Match Institute, which is which is kind of cool. Um and I'll be doing a uh, I'll be doing a live a live stream with them in uh, like a couple weeks and uh, we'll be talking what? about we'll be talking about masculinity and femininity so like obviously that's my jam and um, it's funny because I'm starting more and more to connect what I've been talking about with masculinity and femininity to my actual marriage <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know to my actual future marriage which is nice and like I knew it was gonna take a while to get there but it's like I don't know it's been it's been um hmm so here's 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 something that I that I kind of want to talk about, but I don't know if I can talk about it. I think you should because do it. ask for forgiveness. I don't think permission. I don't think that. Oh, all right. I don't think yes. personally. Yes. I'm gonna I'm just gonna speak for myself because I can't speak for Phoebe. I love. This. I mean, I can, but I can't. I don't think that the traditional, not traditional. I don't think the way that we talk about chastity prepared me for marriage. Okay. Because. Instead, and maybe this is just me, right? And like, maybe this is just like the culture. I don't know if, I don't know if like speakers said this and I missed it or like if my youth minister said it and I missed it, but my mind shift has been, my mind shift has been moved from sex is something that you get to do after you're married and you can't do before like drinking. And it's moved from that to sex is something that comes out of the love that you've already shown for each other. And so that's what I want to talk about now is that how to develop that how to develop that sacrificial love so that you can avoid feeling weird about having sex after marriage. So I was talking to a I was talking to a marriage counselor about this and she was like the biggest thing that I see in Catholic couples is they get married, they're like chased their entire lives, they get married and they're terrified of sex. Because they feel guilty about it, they feel this way about it, they they like they don't they don't know like if it's they don't know how to square it with their spiritual lives and I think I think that the way that we look at um, I think the way that we look at our our bodies and how we use our bodies to sacrifice for each other if we do that better it'll help us understand more of what sex actually is just naturally as opposed to intellectually does that make sense Yeah and I think uh, I think it's more than just married couples who are terrified of sex not that I would know uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding am I but I think that the that's true for a lot of the the whole concept of like this this like this hidden reserved secret thing that like mm-hmm. 
it, we can't talk about we, we're not going to tell you about it <laughs> and <laughs> when you do find out about it we're going to tell you that you shouldn't have found out about it and you know all these like these we're, we're going to like be weird when we see it on tv or in the movies and stuff it like creates this whole uh you talk about like purity culture or chastity culture or whatever like weird chastity culture that they have in catholic circles it's like this weird kind of cult about sex which is like the opposite of intended thing you know yeah. like it's yeah it's almost like it's this um mm, i don't want to use any bad language so i'm trying to like bad as in like i don't want to accidentally be heretical uh, or blaspheme Fair enough. blaspheme but like yeah. when you when you have something that's like reserved and only certain people can participate in it, um, I also don't want to, like I'm thinking about like religions where only certain groups of leaders can go into the to the temple, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like it creates this cultish idea, and then there's this like worship of the thing, and like not a full understanding of the thing. It's like a distortion of of mystery. And it turns I think you're, mystery into like suspicion and it turns suspicion into like wrongful desire and then like all these other certain things. So I don't know. I'm just trying to, I, I really, I think you're spot on. Yeah. Tell me more. Tell me I why. I think it's I'm because we put, because religions, religions with uh, secrecy behind the temple is not always cultish because that was Judaism, that's, right? Like well, Judaism yeah, that's what had, I, I didn't want to yeah. compare sex to the Holy of Holies. And that's what I was trying to get yeah. around. But in a set like the temple was and I want to I want to compare this the temple was the Garden of Eden right like the temple was the new Garden of Eden of the old covenant right so the covenants in between Eden and now the Garden of Eden was the temple now it's like and so they're they're symbolically right the Holy of Holies was like a place where only one one man could only only one man could enter the Holy of Holies once a year to offer the sacrifice for the sins right and so Entering into this secret thing was a one-time thing, like a very, very, it was like most of his activity as a priest was outside of that realm, right? But he had to prepare himself to go in, right? And it was a sacrifice ultimately. And so in order to sacrifice ultimately, like in order to sacrifice in a big way, you have to prepare yourself by sacrificing little ways. And so I think it's good to understand sex and marriage as like an entering into the Holy of Holies. But instead of a holy of holies as, instead of like the, the secret place as being sex itself, it's not sex itself, it's that other person themselves, right? Because when you talk about sex in general, it's this nebulous thing that, okay, now I finally get to go there and also this other person is with me, uh, right? Where yes. in reality, it's, it's, it's a union with each other. It's going to a place where no one else can see, right? Like that's why we wear clothes. The, no one else can see those things, but like your spouse does. And it's a, it's a renewal and an elevation of how we were in Eden, right? We were naked without shame. The only place now where you can be naked without shame is by yourself or with your spouse, right? And like, that's something that, that's something that is renewed through marriage, right? God allowed that to stay. He didn't have to, he didn't have to keep marriage around. If he didn't want to, he could have just made us like individually. Um, but he also, but Christ also elevated it to the level of the sacrament because, like the Jew, like the Jewish high priest going into the temple to make a sacrifice, sex is actually sacrificial. It's not. It's not primarily pleasurable, right? And so, 
I think I think if we talked about sex more often as sacrificial, because I've heard it said over and over again, like if you love if you don't love your wife during the week and then you try to have sex with her, that's going to be false, which is true. But then after that, I've never heard like, how do you love your wife during the week? Besides like, I mean, I, how do you, how do you love your wife during the week? That's not just like, Hey, if you, she likes chocolate, get her chocolate. You know, it's, it's, it's something I, I, I think I've seen it more as like sacrifice explain. Do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm, I'm, I'm rambling now. No, you're good. So, cool. well, okay. So then, I mean, there's lots of different ways to love people. Yeah. And not just getting them gifts is the, it's like, a, <laughs> yeah. it's probably the most tangible way, but it's probably also one of the easier ways. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. Well, my question is, goes back to my main question. I think all of this is good and it provides a good background and understanding, but like how you, so you're going to get married at the end of July, mm-hmm. right? Yes. You don't have necessarily, so right now you, you, you can't be doing sex with your wife. True. And I don't have a wife. That's right. <laughs> it, you can't you can't have sex with Phoebe. And so it's like you but you still love her sacrificially. Mm-hmm. And so like for for an engaged person, that's gotta be a really weird time, I feel like, of like loving sacrificially, but then there's no way to to fully express that sacrificial love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that is that hard? Or like how do you guys like deal with that because that, I think at certain everybody at certain levels in different relationships struggles with that of mm-hmm. if if you've just started dating then you you need to start you need to start that process of loving, loving sacrificially and sometimes that doesn't even get off the ground and that leads to like lots of more painful things down the road of that dating mm-hmm. relationship you know or more you've dating for been dating for a while and you're just like man I we've been dating for like nine months, 10 months. And it's like, okay, yeah. I'm trying to, I, but we're not engaged yet. So like, what does that look like? And then you're engaged and then it's, it's a whole different ball game. So like, I don't know, what would you kind of say for people that are in your stage? But then like, I think it would also be good if we could maybe figure out something for people at other stages too. Yeah. For, for uh, in, in engagement, right? Like I think the, I think the cool thing is like you want you know, you know where it's going, right? You know, you know that you're preparing for marriage and that there's that day is going to be full of so much like happiness and like, cause it's like, regardless of what happens at the end of the day, you're married, you know, as long yeah. as that one thing, like everything is great. Like at, at, at on July, on July, I almost said July 32nd, on August 1st, we're going to be married regardless, you know? And so that's really awesome. And that, that's like an anticipation because it's like, not only not only is like the the union sacramentally going to like mean something different for us right because there's something there's something that it's a sacrament that neither of us have experienced before and so it's something that we're excited for it's something that's a little daunting but the cool thing is you get to do it together and it's so awesome talking about that with her because neither of us have ever experienced that before and even if one of us had been married before we've at least never experienced it with each other you know yeah because every marriage is different, and so I, I'd say like I'd say like communication is key. I know, by my book. <laughs> um, but also, I would say that um, when it comes to a dating couple, right? Like sometimes, sometimes you are ready to get engaged, but you haven't yet for whatever reason. Like you haven't gone to Hawaii yet. Um, <laughs> that's where people do it, right? That's where people get engaged. Um, 
and so I would I would say that like because you have not made that vow explicit yet, even if you want, even if you like know you're going to make it eventually, because you haven't made it, it's time to make those sacrifices in little ways. And we talk about this all the time, right? We talk about martyrdom, okay? We talk about how in order to be martyred, (laughs) you have to be willing to make the ultimate sacrifice for God. Yeah. And martyrs weren't just, martyrs didn't just wake up one day and decide to become martyrs. They sacrificed in little ways and suffered in little ways, prepared them for big ways. That's why Christ spent 33 years of life before he died. He could have come and died immediately, right? He could have he could have come to Earth as a as a thirty three year old man and just blown raspberries at Pontius Pilate until he got tired of him and crucified him right like he could have done that yes. that would have been fine that would have been fun but he, he, we would have a fun it would have been awesome first of all Bible studies super short um, <laughs> and and Jesus spake um, but he didn't do that because he wanted to symbolize he wanted to show us that you know you need to prepare to sacrifice and so I would say that if you um, The reason why, I don't know if it's the reason why. I don't know if that's the right way to start the sentence. That's okay. Just like Christ, just like Christ, Ephesians 6 says, like, husbands, lay your, lay your lives down for your wife, right? Um, it's the part It's the part of the Bible that everyone skips after they get mad at Ephesians 5, right? <laughs> wives, submit to your, it says, submit to, uh, husbands and wives, submit to each other as to the Lord. Right? It says, first of all, submit to each other. Then it says, wives, submit to your husband. That's just repeating what he said before. Then he says, husbands, lay your lives down for your wives. And so there's a higher calling there for a man. Why? I don't know. But I think it symbolizes something physical about like how fi- physically laying your life down is important. And I don't know. I don't know where I heard this. Chris Paget said something awesome about how like. <laughs> and this, this is kind of like this is kind of a very a very masculine way of approaching it but he asked he asked his an interviewer asked his wife what do you love most about him and she was talking about his personality and like his his humor and mm-hmm. his like how much he loves her and he goes she the interviewer goes how what what do you love about what do you love about your wife chris and he goes her body oh. <laughs> <laughs> and they both laughed and he's like no i'm serious like all of those things like her laugh and her humor and her the way she looks, I'll have those things in pictures, right? But I don't mean like, I don't mean like I love the way she looks because I can have a picture of that, right? I love her body, like I love her physical presence with me, you know. And it's something that it's something that's tangible, it's something that's here, it's something that reminds me, right? And there's masculinity is very physical, right? It, 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 not in a stereotypical way, but in like masculinity itself leans more towards physicality. Yeah. Not all men do, but masculinity in general, right? And when you look at the cross, you see a man, the perfect man, the perfect woman. One is sacrificing physically and one is sacrificing spiritually, right? They're both engaging in the same sacrifice, Christ's death on the cross, but one is doing it physically, one is doing it spiritually. And so that says something to men. It says, hey, you need to sacrifice yourself physically for your spouse. One of the biggest sacrifices is that like right now for her good, it's not doing anything that crosses a line, right? That's one, that's a, that's kind of a sacrifice, you know? Um, it definitely is. But um, that shows us, right? That like husbands lay your lives down for your wives. That means that marriage and therefore sex is not something that's just, you know, something cool you get to do. That means it's it's a sacrifice. Like it's laying your life down for your for your bride. I heard a man say, 
this is where I don't know where I heard this, but he said, when right before I was about to have sex with my wife, I knew what it was like to die on a cross. Wow. And I was like, interesting. I really hope I experienced that. Yeah. I don't you know what the cool thing is. Yeah. What? If I do, I'm not going to share it with you guys. Yes. Get, if I do it, I don't want to know for you that once you, I don't want to know anything that happens after July yeah. 30, after July 31st, you the might, podcast is you over. might as well be dead to me because that's, <laughs> I can't, I can't know because it's, yeah. you're going to, you're going to speak to it, be like, and then we went back to the bedroom. Like, like it's not even going to, it's not even going to be, it's not even going to register in my mind. Like the words that you're saying, <laughs> like I won't even be able to understand. Yeah. It would be speaking a completely different auditory frequency and it's because it's only something that she and i experience together and that's that's a really cool thing we talk about sex and we talk about marriage as if it's something that everybody does but it's not something that everybody does it's something that two people do uniquely together and every marriage is different because every person is different and i think for a lot of my life i thought of sex like this thing that i would get to eventually Mm -hmm. right but it's not, it's not a thing. It's a person, right? It's not even an act. It's a person, you know, sexuality is not, is not, um, it's not just some like appendage. It's not just some like extra thing that we all have. It's not just some, some parrot that you get surgically attached. (laughs) Exactly. It's not just some parrot you have surgically attached that you can like ignore until it goes away. C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Okay. That's a great analogy. I think I've talked about this. Clive before. Staples Lewis. Good old Clive. He, in, in uh, The Great Divorce, I, I don't know if I've talked to you about this. And The Great Divorce is a story about a bunch of people going to heaven on a bus trip. And they're all in hell. And they, they're all in like purgatory-esque place. And they go to heaven for like a visit. And when they go, everything is like more real. They find out that they're kind of like ghostly. And they like, the, the grass hurts to walk on because they can't walk through it. Like the grass doesn't bend when they step on it. Yeah. Um, they fall in the water and they can't go in, right? It's like, because everything's more real than they are. And so um, this one man has a salamander on his shoulder. Yes. This, and it's Jimmy he, Buffett in the story. It's Jimmy Buffett. You can even replace it for a parrot, think, right? So I the parrot's on his shoulder. Yeah. Okay, so the, cool. The parrot's on his shoulder. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett goes to heaven and there's a parrot on his shoulder. And his, his guardian angel comes down from the mountain, which is heaven. And he said, they're on kind of like the outskirts of heaven. And he goes... Would you like me to take that from you? And he goes, well, it's really bothersome at some points, but honestly, it's asleep right now, so it's not that big of a deal. And then the parrot wakes up and starts like screaming, and he's like, oh my gosh, like, can you please get rid of this? And then the angel goes, okay, sure. And then the angel goes to take the parrot, the salamander, and um, tries to take it off, but it hurts because it's surgically welded to his shoulder. Yes. And he goes, oh gosh, please stop, like please stop. And so when he says, please stop, the angel does. And then the parrot goes to sleep. And the angel goes, would you like me to take it? And then he says, no, it's fine. It's asleep now. I don't need it. Like, maybe some other time. Like, I'll go back home, and then I'll come back, and you can take it. He's trying to, like, push it off. He's trying to put off the surgery, right? And he says, why don't you just take it? You could have taken it by now, and it would have been fine. And the angel says, I can't do it unless you will it. Like, I can't I can't take it from you unless you're willing to go through the sacrifice, right? And then the angel, the angel goes and takes the parrot, right? Eventually, the man says yes, and the angel takes the parrot and kills it. And then in the salamander's dead body, right, turns into a horse, like a huge, beautiful horse. And then it says, like, the man and the horse, like, embrace. Well, the man embraced the horse. And they breathe in each other's breath, right? And this is a symbol, of course. I've probably got it by now. It's a symbol for, for lust and chastity, 
right? The salamander that was on his shoulder, it's a symbol for his sexuality, mm-hmm. right? It's not like the salamander isn't a demon. Yeah. The salamander is his sexuality. He keeps it on his shoulder, right? And it's something that's bothered that bothers him sometimes. But when it's not bothering him, he doesn't do anything about it, even though he could make sacrifices to get rid of it. Yeah. To get rid of to get rid of to to improve his sexuality, right? But until he kills the bad part of his sexuality, it doesn't turn into a horse. And then the two ride off into heaven. He's the only character that goes to heaven from the bus. All of the all the characters on the bus they go back to hell. But he is the only one because his vice turned into a virtue and brought him to heaven. And so that's the that's the message that I wanted to hear when I was in high school. Hey, this thing that you're experiencing is not a curse. This thing you're experiencing is supposed to be a good thing. Not only that, it's actually going to be the thing that makes you want to lay your life down for your bride, and that's going to get you to heaven. And that's really cool. Maybe I did hear that, and I just didn't understand it. But it's something that I understand more now that Phoebe and I are preparing for marriage. Does that make sense? It does. I think that's awesome. Cool. Good old Clive Staples Lewis. I want a horse. Me too. And I'm going to name him, this is my horse, my purified sexuality is is that is his name <laughs> my purified sexuality can you imagine being at a at a horse race you bet on tough irma you have a choice of betting on tough irma or my purified sexuality who are you who are you <laughs> who are you throwing money down on <laughs> who are you throwing money on oh my gosh okay i have either a dr ethan dating corner or a professor patrick's money corner <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do we gotta do a quick we can do a quick dr ethan's dating corner and then if you want to do your money thing we can do your money thing um that's okay the, the, we don't have because if we had if we had more time we, we would do both but i literally have to yeah, be on this call in like 10 minutes <laughs> so okay um all right hello gentlemen this is not so much me asking for advice as giving advice oh it's funny. okay all right okay yeah sure great <laughs> i feel the good doctor needs to know that there is some competition for mediocre dating anecdotes the advice begins with a personal story for context which is why i'm reading it all parties involved are in their early 20s Thanks. This is really nice okay. of you to include their their ages. Back in late September, early October, a guy took me out on a date. He was very nice and did all of the gentleman things, opening doors, etc. However, I was dealing with the death of my brother and the stress oh. of starting my post-grad career, and I had just told him I couldn't emotionally handle anything else. He was very respectful and said he understood that and gave me space. He would give like one or two texts a week, nothing different from how was your day or polite little small talk. Then fast forward to Valentine's Day, I receive a text from wishing me happy Valentine's Day. I reply to him with the only way I know by sending him a meme with a poem about St. Valentine over the picture of the relic of his skull. The poem went something like this. Violets are blue, roses are red, happy face of St. Valentine. Here's a pic of his head. Okay. He opened the text and then never replied. (laughs) The bottom line of all this is if you can't handle a first class relic, you can't handle my emotional baggage. Wow. Thank you for sharing on the podcast. I look forward to coming every, I look forward to it every week. Signed anonymous. Um, Dang. (laughs) So I guess that's her, uh, that's her, that's her dating story. I guess she just wanted to share a dating story. Did we ask people for dating stories? Because I got somebody else that texted me their dating story. Oh, please, please read it. Okay. I'll read it. I'll read it quick. Okay. Uh, I don't know if it has to be anonymous or not. Um, yeah, just keep it anonymous. But if it, if it's not, it's my it's my friend Josh Carlgren. <laughs> <laughs> I'll delete that. Maybe. I really liked this girl in seventh grade. Both played basketball. So if one team, the boys, oh, he played basketball. So they both played basketball. So if one team, the boys, were playing at home, the other team, the ladies, would be playing away. I got a concussion at a home game. 
jumped on a dude's back who was on my team before the game getting hype and he flipped me off into a solid wood door and i don't i didn't know this about josh i was in this man's wedding i don't remember it at all what i do remember is that after the girl i liked found out she told my sister that she hoped the concussion would mess up my brain so that i would forget that i liked her oh my gosh that's so mean that's so savage <laughs> oh man hey that's hey, horrible hey heard heard about your brother super sad super sad super sad super but sad i really but like, hope that this concussion how, benefits me like, i mean how serious is it oh it's pretty serious well if it just so happens uh <laughs> maybe that he forgets that he likes me that would be that would be great i can't have oh can't have any gosh. cripples soiling my image i'm in seventh grade what I can't believe that. Oh, seventh grade. Okay, yeah. that's fair. Seventh grade is that's fair. a very that's a very seventh, seventh grade, grade thing. thing of like, oh, he hit his head. I hope he forgets about me. What? <laughs> but that's not how. That's, that's like a classic you, middle schooler thing to just make everything about you. You watched the one episode of Hey Arnold where Heidi g- got hit in the head. Was it Heidi? Helga. I don't know. Helga. Helga got hit in the head with a baseball and forgot that she hated Arnold and was just in love with him. Well, she was in love with him always. She was in love with him always, but... Or maybe, no, Arnold got hit in the head and then didn't know that Helga hated him, and so Helga benefited because she actually did love him. Oh, yeah. And so she, you, this seventh grader watched that episode of Hey Arnold and was like, oh, yes, I bet that's how amnesia works in real life. One one <laughs> bonk on the head equals one, one big forget. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, man. So, yeah. I have some pretty, I, I, um, I think I've told this story before. A friend of mine gave this girl in our class in fourth grade, a a rose and she gave it to the teacher. He like gave her a rose and was like, I like you. And she gave it to the teacher. (laughs) She didn't want it. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. Really bad. Anyway, it's hard to be young and in love. It is hard. Not that I am. I'm not young. I'm very old. I'm old, old man. You're like 20. Calm down. Okay. <laughs> we get, we're going to have to stop soon if you don't have anything else for me. I have nothing else for the people except remember men, sacrifice yourself in small ways for people in your life and buy my book. Um shorter episode today. Sorry, these are uncertain times. Uh also, I'm in the middle of normally I wouldn't even be able to record right during this time because I would have been in Florida. So we're, we're you're welcome we're yeah we're, so first of all you're welcome and second of all the schedule is going to be whack for the next three to ten weeks so we'll see uh how how the <laughs> the quality of the podcast is affected in the future episodes this might be like this might be this way for uh, maybe like a little less than a month or half of the year <laughs> <laughs> um you can subscribe to us on patreon uh, if you want to see the weird video that I made several years ago that Emma posted to expose me um, on our Facebook group, uh, which is a secret, much like sex, uh, you can only get in if you pay money. No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard it happening, and I heard your regret immediately as you started that uh, sentence. <laughs> No, this is a this family podcast. Not exchange. <laughs> this is a family. Kids listen to this podcast while they're driving to work. 
<laughs> Children you. listen to this while they're using stilts to work the pedals and sitting on a booster Ugh. seat so they can see over the steering wheel. They have they have audio splitters so that the three kids under the trench coat can all listen at the same time. <laughs> the little rascals listen to our podcast. Well, hopefully one of the little rascals listens to our podcast. I, I wouldn't make any assumptions. Yeah, me either. Um, you can, but seriously, give us money on patreon.com slash the crunch if you like what we do and want to continue to support us. Uh, merch is coming soon. Are we going to ever do like a rollout of that? Yeah, so the only thing that's got to, the only thing that's got to happen is the website's got to get built because everything else is, um, everything else is shipped. Uh, but I think we have our, I think we had our sponsorship, uh, today. So that's, that's good. Great. Drop a, drop a like in the comments drop. below. No, I'm just kidding. Comment below if you heard the ad that I put in. That I totally, totally <laughs> edited into this episode. And right, sweet. Uh, don't follow me on Twitter because it's gone now. Praise the Lord. Patrick. You can subscribe to my blog on patnevy.blog. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? Uh, don't, um, uh, don't stare at the sun for too long. I'm not saying don't do it at all, but just don't do it for too long. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We will be praying for you, and we will see you all next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. 